I'm Madison. And I'm Emily. This is the Hockey Trash Cast. Coming, coming at you. Coming to you live from the undefeated 5-0 Colorado Avalanche. Woo! We are recording directly after the Avs beat the Caps, so we're we're really high on that win yeah. right now. We're hyped. Uh, Not quite as hype as Gabe was, like, shimmying his way through EJ's interview, but, like, pretty hype. We stand. Gabe the babe. Oh, captain, my captain. Yes. Another fun avalanche news. They're doing the straight arm challenge now. That's, like, their new thing instead of the mouth guard challenge. So they just put, like, weird arm braces on so they can't bend their elbows. Yeah, I don't and know how I feel about it. And then they have to do things. It's kind of funny, though. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, they made them all tie a tie. I all of the new boys being like, what the fuck are you making me do right now? It's unfortunate <laughs> that they, like, did this the year that, like, Miko wasn't there for media day because I would have really loved to see him try to tie a tie without elbows. Oh god. I mean he couldn't have done it. Exactly. <laughs> like, he can't tie a tie as it is. Like um Matt Calvert I think won though, because he just was like, Alright, I'll just tie the tie not around my neck and then put it on like a necklace. Yeah, he definitely had the technique. Dad I skills right there. Like my deep and abiding love for Pierre-Edouard Belmar was cemented when he tied this, like, ridiculous little knot so the length of his tie was, like, three inches. And then he's like, yes, this is going to be the next fashion from Paris. <laughs> that was so funny! And his accent, I love it. You, you perfect human. I love his French accent. Like, ugh. It's so great. It's because it's unique. You don't hear it in the NHL very often. Yeah. So it's like, it, it always also, catches me off guard. perfect, and I love him. Oh, I would die for Pierre-Edouard Bimar. Same. My friend texted me, she's like, I've decided that he's the Mary Poppins of the NHL. Practically perfect in every way. It's like, Honestly, so that's right. so valid. That is so valid. Your friend is right, and they should say it. Yes. So that's great. I'm sure there will be other episodes coming out, but you should definitely look them up. Uh, in other heartwarming news, because PEB is always warming my heart, Patrick Marlowe finally signed somewhere. He's playing with the Sharks. He is back home in San Jose. And he came back and, like, scored right away. It was so exciting. He scored two goals in his first game back. I think, I haven't checked recently, but last I saw, the Sharks were undefeated since he signed. I love Patrick Marlowe. I think he is truly just, like, probably the sweetest man in the NHL, if not just the sweetest man alive. Like, he is so kind and so caring and so perfect. Like, he is... He's the perfect he man. Is, he's, he's just everyone's dad. Like, there are a lot of NHL dads, but he is the ultimate dad. He's the the dad of the NHL. He is the dad of the NHL. I don't 
know Patrick Marlowe personally, but, like, I feel like he loves me and supports me. Agreed. Also, they did, like, a tribute video for him, and all of the fans gave him a standing ovation, and it was just emotional. I'm crying. It's fine. (laughs) It was so good, and, like, every even tangentially hockey-related media just, like, cried about it in public, which is incredibly valid. Yes. He's just so good. Speaking of all of the love. California teams going undefeated after something that may or may not have anything to do with why they're undefeated. Um, I just read about this and I forgot to put it on the list, but so there's a banner at Staples Center that's from like Yes, that was I was gonna put Yes because like Taylor Swift had, like, broke her record for, like, most sold-out concerts or something at Staples Center, and so they hung a banner, like, in honor of that. But, like, Kings fans believe that it's cursed and it's why the Kings suck because, you know, it's definitely nothing to do with the fact that, like, their roster is a bunch of old has-beens. But... Yeah. (laughs) They... Staples Center has agreed to cover up slash remove the banner for every Kings game. Every home Kings game. That's literally the most ridiculous thing that I can imagine. It's so fucking stupid and I hate it, but the best part about it is that they are, the Kings have yet to lose a game at home since they've started doing this. (laughs) So like, it's fueling motherfuckers. It's like fueling the flames now of like Maybe it was the Taylor Swift banner. Like, I don't know. It's so weird. And, like, I don't even like Taylor Swift, but, like, what the fuck? Like. That is truly ridiculous. And the Kings were like, this is our way of saying that we care about our fans and we're listening to their concerns. And I'm like, then fucking, like, be a better team. Like, that's how have you considered not having a team made up of like one goalie who used to be really great and is now like solid and are you talking about Jonathan Quick because he's not even solid anymore yeah it like sucks it's like painful to watch that team it's because he plays well Yeah, he has his nights. It's just, like, the Kings are legitimately hard to watch because there's so much legendary talent on their team, and they're all, like, so far past their prime. (laughs) People who should have retired, like, five years ago. That, like, it hurts to watch them because because it's not like, it's not like Roberto Luongo, where it's, like, it never got hard to watch him with the Panthers because he would have his moments, and then, like, when he was having a down day, like, his team wasn't all absolutely collapsing around him as opposed to like now with like Jonathan Quick like they rely so much on these has-been talents that when they collapse it's like there's nothing there to like defend their honor like they're just completely SOL like the whole team is that way and so they're depending on these players who are just too old to be depended on and it's like everybody has an expiration date you know 
If the pens keep yeah. going at the pace they're going, SIDS is going to come way sooner than it needs to. Yeah. No, if it's been mentioned on this podcast, but the entire Penguins roster is injured. So many of them. It's like Sidney Crosby. Like potentially out for a very long time, too. Yes. Oh, no, we haven't mentioned it, but it is on our list. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, oh, like I literally saw a post from a Pens fan that was like, if I was an NHL team, I would simply not get injured. R.I.P. to the Pens, but I'm different. And I was like, honestly, though, that's literally what's happening. Like, the whole team is injured. It's a bunch of AHL call-ups. Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby. Like, that's it. That's the team. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a sad day to be a Pens fan. Oof. Um, in news of people that are not sad, real deal James three, Neal. Yeah, three different people have gotten dick tricks in the last week. Um, most recently, David Pasternak got one today, which I found out because I saw somebody tweet, Pasternak is keeping his pants on. It's like, what does that have to do with anything? Got a dick it trick. But unlike Thornton, he's not gonna pull his dick out on the ice. <laughs> but he got one. Do you think Anthony someone's gonna Nimba, do it one day? Like, do you think someone one. one day is gonna pull out their dick on the ice because they get a dick trick? Or can we pray that the uh, even NHLers are smart enough to not do that? I mean, I believe that none of them are actually that dumb. Do you? But... Do you? There's, like, a few I can think of that might. I feel like that's just, like, a little too far. I mean... Like, I could 100% see someone making a, like, suck my dick gesture after the fourth one. Okay, something provocative dick-related. Yes. Yeah, like a jerk-off mm-hmm. motion or a, like, suck yeah, my yeah. dick. But, like, yeah. I don't think anyone would actually, like, drop their pants. Yeah. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. But also yeah. Anthony Mantha and James Neal. Yeah. Remember when everyone thought James Neal was washed up and now he's like really been the real deal all fucking season long? Yeah. Also, remember how the Oilers definitely won that trade for like the first time since Ever? Like, the, Oilers the Oilers are also undefeated. Played? They're the other undefeated team right now. Yeah. Isn't that fucking wild? That, like, un- if you had told me that the Avs and the Oilers were going to be the only two undefeated teams left five games in, I... Like, I don't think I would have even laughed because it wouldn't have even been a funny joke. I just would have been like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, where did you pull those teams? Yeah, like, did you pull did those you names just... out of a hat? <laughs> yeah, like, throw darts? Like, what did you... No. Yeah, I mean, it's surreal. And also the fact that it's like, the reason the Oilers are doing so well is James Neal, not even... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you'd been like, oh, Connor McDavid's just gonna have a really fucking dope start to the season, I would have been like, yeah, that's that's fair. I guess I buy that. Like, probably not, but yeah. maybe. You can't James count him out. Neal. No, fucking James Neal. 
proven he's the real deal. Like, damn. He is, he is the real deal. Oh. Um, and more exciting abs news. I don't know how many of you watch slash listen to Odd Man Rush, which is the, like, official podcast, which now also has a video version of the Colorado Avalanche. But the most recent episode was with Ryan Graves, everyone's favorite goth girlfriend. <laughs> my butch lesbian vampire boyfriend yes um, but the most important okay two most important things that came out of that interview one Ryan Graves refers to a weed whacker as a whippersnipper which is the single most ridiculous thing I've ever heard is that like a Nova Scotian thing like I have no Do Nathan idea. McKinnon and Sidney Crosby and Brad Marchand also call it that? We should ask. Let me just call up Sid right now. Excuse <laughs> yeah, me. You know. Mr. Crosby, I have a question. <laughs> but the real important part was they played the family-friendly version of Fuck, Mary Kill, which is Kiss, Mary Kill. And his options were Gabe Landeskog, Eric Johnson and Ian Cole. Oh, brutal. Did he kill Ian so Cole? So Gravy, without hesitating, goes, Well, I'd marry Landy. He's right. And then he asked if he could kill it. them both. Both, <laughs> both Ethe and Ian. And then decided that he was going to kill Ian because he was just way too hairy. So he wasn't going to kiss him. <laughs> Honestly, Ryan, you're right, and you should say it. I don't like facial hair, really, at all, which, in retrospect, should have been a sign that I wasn't straight this whole time, but <laughs> regardless, people are like, oh, wow, his beard's so hot, and I'm like, mm, sounds fake, don't see it. <laughs> so thank you, Ryan Graves, for understanding how undesirable kissing someone with a lot of facial hair might be for someone. <laughs> to each their own. I'm not king shaming. I'm just expressing my own opinions. And I'm excited to have it in common with Ryan Graves. <laughs> Hockey trash cast. Not kink shaming you for your beard thing. <laughs> That's our new slogan. <laughs> I'm changing our Twitter description. Like, I thought you were a hockey podcast. We're like, we are, but also, we're not kink-shaming you. I think beards and hockey have a lot to do with each other, unfortunately. I do, so, I'm so sorry. You're definitely an exception. Your facial hair is perfect, just like you. <laughs> just because his face is perfect. He like, can't do any there wrong. There's nothing like, you could do to his face. No. They would ruin it. If you, like, severely scarred his face, it'd still be, like, hot. You'd be like, damn, that's a sexy damn. scar. Like. <laughs> you would. I'm being real here. He is a fucking perfect 10. That is, that is a fact. Speaking of perfect tens, Alexander Kerfoot. 
went to, it was called the Covenant House. I don't know exactly what it is, but it was some sort of charity situation. He went there with John Tavares and Freddie Anderson to serve up an early Canadian Thanksgiving dinner. Cute. And I just really love Alexander Kerfoot, and they gave us content of him, so I was really happy about it. I love Alexander Kerfoot. I hope you're doing well. Rest in Toronto. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't been watching any Leafs games recently because I don't remember why, but I haven't. I've been very busy, so I haven't been watching a lot of anything. Because they have had a, a rough week. Yeah, it's not been going well. I think they, do they play tomorrow? They might. I don't know. I, I can get that answer for us if this terrible app decides to work. Yeah, they play Minnesota tomorrow. I'll probably watch that game. They did beat Detroit yesterday or Saturday. What day is it? Today's Monday. They beat them on Saturday. So. But yeah, I'll probably watch tomorrow. Yeah, but same. It's uh, Leafs games aren't like number one on my list of things to watch. Cavs games definitely take priority over everything. One hundred percent. Leafs games, though, at least are at an hour where I can usually watch most of it before bedtime. That's convenient. Other things that happened in the hockey universe in this past week. Um, the Hurricanes mic'd up some tiny child in their youth hockey program, and it was exactly as adorable as you would expect it to be. Everyone mic up your hockey children. Yes. I think the real highlight was when this little kid, just in the middle of practice, seemingly without any context... Asked one of his coaches if the tooth fairy was real. <laughs> Maybe he was just like hockey, ice, people lose teeth playing hockey, tooth fairy. Like it was just like random word association, but in the kid's head. I don't know. My dad does that sometimes and he's an adult, so. I, I mean, I feel like of all of the mystical creatures you could have asked about, the tooth fairy is the most relevant to hockey, yeah. I mean, the hockey gods, but. Okay, yes. We know they're real. I feel them. In sacrifices to the hockey gods news, <laughs> Eric Johnson broke a dude's leg, which I just found out today, but apparently in the Coyotes game, some poor dude blocked his slap shot and broke his tibia. That... Sounds really painful, and I'm very sorry yeah. to that that Coyotes player. But also, yeah, that's wild. EJ, I mean, Eric is a Johnson is large man. and strong. I would Clearly. not want to be in the way of his slap shot. Clearly, in game news, the Avs. Spoiler alert: They won all these games. I don't know if we've mentioned that they're undefeated, but they're <laughs> undefeated. So, uh, they played the Bruins on Thursday, and we won. 
We did. It there was a were weird game, though. Two challenges that we won. We um, had one challenge for goalie interference, and we had one video review of an offsides. I'm gonna admit it. That offsides video review was petty as fuck. Okay. So my, so I didn't see it. I went to bed before. Oh, it happened. I saw it. And it was, like, I think approximately a minute, if not more, before the actual goal that was reviewed for being offsides. And it was, in fact, offsides. And so I, like, kind of feel for Bruins fans, because I was like, oh, I mean, like, I guess they're right. And so, like, as an Avs fan, I'm not mad, because, like, they're using the rule book to their advantage. But also, like, this is petty as fuck and, like, is totally ruining the sport of hockey. So I do have mixed emotions about it. But on the other hand, that has happened to the Avs so much that, like, at long last, it came to benefit us. Yeah. But, so, I I didn't see the play. My brother did, because he lives in a time zone where he can watch games. Um, Me too. But. Move to the West Coast. He lives in Denver now. But, um, so he's like, yeah, it was a terrible call, like. It was, he's, like, maybe a millimeter offside. It was so bad. Like, it's like, okay, whatever. Like, I didn't see it. Whatever. I get it. Like, video review. But somehow that got us into a discussion about Landy's offside last year against the Sharks. And he's like, no, that was totally offside. Like, it was definitely offside. I'm going to beat up your brother. Nathan McKinnon said it was offside. I was like, first of all. I'm going to beat up your brother. Fuck you. Second of all, they never gave us a good view. And, like, all of the interviews after the fact, they're like, it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. Like, it doesn't matter if he was or wasn't offside. And he tried to convince me that it was, like, the right call to make. It wasn't. If he doesn't count as a too many men, that he shouldn't count positionally for offsides. I, like, obviously have a lot of feelings about that call. But, like, just generally, I don't like... The video review for offsides? Really at all? Like, I feel like maybe that's one thing that we could just leave up to the linesman. Because... If it's not obvious enough that the linesman doesn't see it when it happens, like, how much does it matter? Because even in situations like the Matt Duchesne obviously offsides issue that led to offsides (laughs) being video reviewed, like... The thing is, like, even if they are offsides, like, it's the player's job to keep playing all out until the whistle's blown, or, like, they're, like, given an offside, you know? So, it's not really fair. And then also, the other thing is, like, after an offside call, like in that game, where you have, it was, like, minutes before the actual goal was scored, like, there's so much playing and energy that was spent there, and now none of those minutes matter because they don't add them back to the clock. So That's it's like, that really, really cool needs to be reworked. Like, either all those minutes go back on the clock, or, like, it's only if the offside is, like, the like if the person who carried it in offside either scored or assisted the goal, like... There's, yeah. that needs to be looked at. And they won't because Gary Bettman sucks. But, like, I'm not going to sit here and gloat because that was, like, it was a petty call. It was a petty yeah. review. And, uh, but, like, we still won 4-2. to two. 
Yeah. And like bully interference like, is fake. Audacity to I'm, be like the ads always get calls going their way. And I was like, you're full shit. <laughs> Literally the commentators were like, I can't remember a time that the abs have had two challenges go their way in a I game. Know. And I was like, seriously, neither can I. It's always the other way around. Yeah. But we won. And it was very exciting because we had we were both going into the game undefeated at that point. And it's always pitted like the two top lines in the league. Mm -hmm. And uh, ours was better. But also like shout out to our fourth line for just being unstoppable. Our fourth line is so good. Let me let's let's pull up. I don't know. I don't have like stats to back this up. This is just a hunch. But we might have the best fourth line in the NHL. Oh, 100%. So let's see. So Nate scored, Belmar scored, Burakovsky scored, and Dave scored. I also am glad that we, as a society, could breathe a collective sigh of relief after Nate scored his first goal, because now pressure's off. He can just let it flow. Yeah. can talk about something else with a sports psychiatrist. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, so that's a good game. And then we played Arizona. I didn't and watch the game. Like, I've just seen the highlights because I was at work. But uh, that was, frankly, way closer than I've had any yeah. of being. It was scoreless through the first two periods and I was genuinely concerned we were going to go scoreless into overtime. And then we scored two and we scored them within like a minute of each other. So Kadri scored and then Jost scored. And that was very exciting. And then the Coyotes scored like less than a minute later. And then we played for a while, and then they tied it up. And then then we went went to overtime. And then Berkey scored the game-winning goal, which was all very exciting. But yeah, either the Coyotes, like I said, I wasn't watching it, but like just reading the score, I was like, either the Avs are playing like shit, or the Coyotes are a much better team than we remembered, than like we thought they would be. I think it was a little bit of both. Um, That makes sense. I will say Francis had an amazing game, though, because I saw really some of those game. saves and, like, damn. And he the Coyotes had, had way more shots than we did, too, like, significantly, which was easily the most disappointing stat to look at. Yeah, the first two periods, I think, they, like, way outscored us. Yeah, it wasn't until the third one that we actually, like, were decent. Yeah. Yeah, so they outshot us 36-32... We did win 50.8% of the face-offs. I saw that, which was a hell of a plot twist. Yeah. Um, we did have 10 giveaways versus their two, which was not Cute. great. Um, but over time, we owned. They only had one shot, and we had five. So... Um, Phil Kessel had two penalties against him in the second period. 
Hot they dog boy. What the fuck? Yeah. Also, Ryan Graves got a roughing penalty. Ryan Graves has gotten feisty this year. I don't know what's gotten he into has. him. I support it. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Uh, like less than an hour ago, the Avs played the Capitals. This is the start of our six-game road trip. Our first four games were at home. This was by far the strangest game of hockey I've ever experienced. It was like watching two or three different games. Like, the first period was a completely different game than the other two periods. The first period, the Avs got four goals. We got our first three goals on our first three shots. Yes, Holtby did not and make so a single save, Holtby. and they pulled him less than ten minutes into the game. Yeah, so they pulled him after Kadri scored, which was 7.54 into the first. So EJ scored less than four minutes in. And then Z scored. Ooh, very exciting. Apparently last year it took him until mid-November to get his first goal of the season. I remember that. So we're very that was um, tough for him. I felt bad. Then Nikita Zdorov scored an absolute beauty of a goal that also involved Nate jumping, like, the height of the net to clear the puck. We stand an elite man. You can tell he's been practicing with Sidney Crosby because I don't know if you've ever seen Sidney Crosby hop on the ice, but sometimes, like, when duty calls, he'll just fucking leap over to a human being and you're like, how the fuck? Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, someone will, like, fall on the ice and he'll be like, well, I gotta go, and he'll just jump. So, I'm glad to see he passed that skill to Nate, because it comes in handy. Also, I think Sam Gerard has been running clinics on how to perform a tornado with the rest of the defense. Yes! Because D did a lovely little spin move for his goal, which was great. Tornado. And then Kadri scored, like, a minute and a half later. And then they pulled Holtby. He was so sad. Like, he just went straight down the tunnel. And the commentator's like, yeah, you know, he's a professional. He'll be back. But, like, he just needs to go have a moment. Yeah, that's fucking brutal. Three goals on three shots? Like, damn. I thought for sure that this was just going to be, like, a sad game. And the abs were just going to absolutely trounce all over the Capitals. But no... Yeah, so we finished the first period up 4-0. And then the Caps got two in the second. Which was tragic. Yeah. And then Nieto got one. That was a beauty. That was a beauty. Then Ovechkin got one to make it 5-3. And then, I don't remember who scored it, but somebody scored one that we challenged for offsides. And that one came, like, 30 seconds after the Ovechkin goal. Because they had pulled the goalie with, like, four minutes left because Gabe was in the box. And we were literally making fun of it. Like, Emily literally texted me, 
Glad to see they're subscribing to the Patrick Waugh school of pulling the goalie. And we were like, it's not going to work. <laughs> and then we were like, fuck. Oh, <laughs> um, they scored. But then Brett Heimlich was the hero of the game again, was like, mm, we should challenge that. And they did. And it was ruled offsides. And then we scored an empty netter. And also the last two minutes of the game felt like they were never going to end. It was very stressful. But the fact of the matter is we won. We're taking those two points. It's the first time we've won in D.C. in like almost a decade. Yeah. Like, um, I'm happy. Also, the Caps fans were so fucking deflated at the end of that game. They were so sad. I mean, I'm honestly impressed there were any left after that first period. My parents would have left. I would have stayed, but been, like, really depressing the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a a bad day to be a Cavs fan. Great day to be an Avs fan. Yeah. One of my friends was a Cavs fan, and she texted me before the game. It was just, like, a preview, the, like, NHL alert. It's like, hey, this game is happening soon. And I was like, ah, guess who's undefeated going in? She said, ah, who's going to be defeated going out of this game? And then the actual game started and we (laughs) scored. And the first text she sends me during the game is just, for fuck's sake. This was also Koozie's first game back from his cocaine suspension. Was it? I thought he was back earlier. That's entirely possible. I don't know. I just was in the car and Connor McGahee mentioned that he Kuznetsov was back from his suspension and I like honestly had forgotten about the cocaine suspension and then I was reminded of it and it made me laugh a little bit because I, I just think it's the most ridiculous situation in the world. Like It really is. Um... Other interesting things that happened during the game. Sam Gerrard got an embellishment penalty for getting tripped. It was bullshit. And then EJ got high-sticked by Ovechkin. But the highlight of that was listening (laughs) to Mosher and McNabb talk about it. And I think most... So EJ's, like, touching his mouth trying to make sure he's not bleeding... And you get the extra two minutes if there's blood. And just like, oh, is there blood? And McNabb goes, are there teeth? <laughs> and response is, he doesn't have any teeth there. <laughs> but he went to the bench fiddling with one of his bottom teeth. And they were talking about, you know, is he just going to, like, pull it out and hand it to the trainer? You know EJ would do that. I was going to say, if anyone on the team was going to do that, it'd be EJ or Ian Cole. Like... Either of them, I would totally buy, would just, like, grab a tooth and be like, here you go. Back. Um, but real life, they just had it out for Sam Gerard. Seriously. Alexander Ovechkin flattened him. And I was very worried. It was very uncalled for. Like most things very. Ovechkin does. We won. Guys, we're 5-0. and Woo-woo! And coming this up, is, I think, our best start since the 95-96 season? I think so. They did an infographic with it, but I wasn't paying attention. It's been a very long um, time. 
It should also be pointed out that Kale McCarr is now on a five-game point streak, and there is literally only one other defenseman who has started with a longer point streak his rookie year. Um, Nate and Miko are both on five-game point streaks. This team is elite. It is. Yeah, I was just reading a piece today about how Kel McCarr is the best rookie in the NHL right now, and if we were to hold awards voting super early, he would be a shoe-in for the Calder. Oh, yeah. Um, I just want to throw this out here. I know it means literally nothing because five games into the season, but we are currently leading the Western Conference. It does bring me joy. With fewest games played until you get down to, like, the very bottom. Mm -hmm. Like, the top three are us, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. St. Louis has six games, Winnipeg has seven, and we're still winning. Speaking of points and winning, let's check on our fantasy league. Um, Going back to points, though, Buffalo is leading the league, and then us, and then Edmonton. Those are the top three teams in the league. What a wild way to start the season. Truly. Okay, yeah, let's let's talk fantasy. Okay, I am Jesus leading... Jesus Christ, how does McDavid have 12 points this season already? He's just... James Neal is leading scorer in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> he has if you, if you told me at the beginning of the year, you were like, yeah, I think, two, like, two weeks into the season... James Neal, leading scorer in the NHL, I would have been like, get the fuck out of my house. And you would have been right. Like, um, He's also tied with Victor Olofsson, who's a Buffalo rookie for number of power play goals. They both have five. What the fuck? James Neal, like, I think he already has more goals this season than he did last season. Yeah. He has seven goals already. This is stupid, in the best way. It's incredible. Um, oh, shout out to Kadri, though. Third in the league in face-off win percentage. That's amazing. Yeah, he's always We've been good at face-offs. never good at face-offs. Anyway, fantasy. I'm in the lead with 49.5 points. In second place is Emily with 45.5. So big sorry to all of my our listeners because uh, we're winning. Oops. Only barely, though. Like, I'm a point and a half up on third place. Yeah, it's, it's close. Four points ahead of me. It's, it's close. Yeah. I also, I feel like my abs-heavy roster did very well tonight. You're right. You're right. Your abs-heavy roster, I think... It was a good choice because they're a really fucking good team. Yeah. I have Gino on my team, so we will see how long I stay in first place. Yeah. Is he benched for you? Because yes, he is benched. That seems like the right choice. Yeah, since I keep getting fucking daily IR. updates about whether or not Comfer is on IR, and it's sad. Rip. Well, speaking well, of updates... The Avs play, and Yevgeny Malkin at that uh, 
the Avs play the Penguins on Wednesday. We sure do. And then the Panthers, the Panthers. on Friday. And the Panthers so far have fucking sucked. So, uh, feeling pretty good about that one. Yeah, they're 2-2-2, two, two, and two, which is interesting. Yeah, um, and then we play the Lightning on Saturday. I don't know what to expect from the Lightning. I don't either. So, we'll see. Yeah. I think we've got a good shot at all these games. If uh, the Penguins, like if Sidney Crosby somehow managed to beat the Avalanche single-handedly again, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Yeah, I was going to say, he did that one game last year. He d- Like, he didn't because, like, we still somehow managed to pull out a win. But, like, boy, did he get close with the fucking hat trick as the only goal scored by the Pens. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, we'll see what happens. But I just, I wouldn't be surprised if Sid somehow managed to, like, Pull it, out Pull it of off, because he can do that. But, yeah. uh... or And I wouldn't be surprised if the Lightning managed to win, because they yeah. do have a ton of talent on that roster. But they also have had kind of a slow start to the season, so I wouldn't be surprised if they lost either. I yep. think the Panthers are the one I'm the most confident about, but... But also, if you would ask which of the four of our first games I would have felt more confident about, I would have said Arizona. And, exactly. Uh, that was the one we went to OT in, so... Exactly, so who the fuck who knows? Who even knows? Also, hockey in October is anyone's bet. Also, hockey just period is anyone's bet, because weird shit happens all the time. It's a weird Fair. game. It is what Ooh. it is. But... The Pens game is... Wednesday Night Hockey on NBCSN, which means you should probably all just listen to the radio broadcast so you don't have to deal with the NBC commentators. I mean, it's not a bad idea. Or put it on mute and then listen to the radio (laughs) broadcast, which is what I did all through the playoffs. It should be interesting. Yeah. Take it off mute when they interview, like, Nate, though, which they will. Yes. Because his lisp is adorable and it gives me life. It is the cutest. So. Should be a also good week of hockey. Pierre Maguire will not be there. What? what? Fuck Pierre! He gone! <laughs> finally! Finally. Like, ugh. Anyway, that's the trash cast for this week. Tune in for more nonsense next week. Remember, here we don't kink shame. 